And it very much gave, like, oh, hi, Carrie, this is my wife, Natasha, to me. Like, Welcome to Black Bi Reality, a place for Black Bi baddies and those who love us. I'm Nicole Weaver, and I'm here to talk about season two, episode two of And Just Like That. And once again, I am here with my co-host for this series, Aramide Tunubu, a fabulous film critic and lover of the original show. Hi. And we're back. And we're back. Um, Yeah. What are your quick thoughts, overall thoughts on this episode? It was unhinged and I, in the, all the best ways. I agree. I agree. Um, I think it further addressed more, more concerns or like feedback people had about the first season. They, they heard y'all mm-hmm. and are, are making some changes and I, I'm feeling it, but I'm also stressed out by some of these storylines with our black characters but we'll get into it. Um, We are going to do this recap. Of course, it's going to be full spoilers. So if you haven't watched it, hit pause, hit pause, watch it, come back. Uh, We are going to go this in depth because we, I don't know about you, but I have some Virgo placements. We like, we like to be thorough. So we start off, Carrie is recording at her podcast. Everything's going fine with these with these ads, honey, until we get one about um, vaginal dryness, and she immediately says no. I thought this was in line with her character, because although Carrie had a sex column, Carrie was a prude most of the time, y'all. I 100% agree. Like, she, first of all, she was barely able to pull the podcast together in season one. I thought it was in line with her character, but I wish it was a little, something a little bit more outlandish. Like, I don't know, like a butt plug or something. Like, I don't even know if that (laughs) would have been it. But she was, like, cringing over, like, a vaginal suppository, which I get if you don't use that, you don't believe in that. But I just felt like, Girl, like, get your money, but I also, like, love money, so (laughs) I bought too much into capitalism. We know Carrie is a terrible capitalist. Yes. Okay? Um, Money money is is fictional in her mind, and she just got real – I won't say she got real lucky. She put in work to bag big Mm -hmm. (laughs) and get his bag. For 10 years. (laughs) of her whole life yeah that's her kind of capitalism but um work work no um so yeah that that was a very interesting glimpse we then see Seema walking to the hairdresser she's so excited to kiki with her hairdresser um she says she's done with zed he's living with his ex goodbye and this hairdresser ends up yelling on the top of his lungs this is why you're alone and Seema quickly collected her purse and marched her ass right up out of there, even though that man had been giving her her blowouts for a decade. Because it was just, like, so rude. And it's how people treat single people as if they have some type of disease and they're not supposed to have any standards or any sort of sense of what they want. Um, and I don't think the man meant it that way, but it was, like, very... It was very hurtful, actually. Like, I felt mm-hmm. really bad for her. Because mm-hmm. everybody in the salon was looking like ooh, like yeah yeah as a hairstylist you can be in my business if I give it to you but don't don't get the whole salon into it um so yeah that was ridiculous one thing Seema's gonna do is pack her bag and go Mm -hmm. and I was I was for it agree I'm always for her she's like my I live for her she's iconic yeah, haven't seen her do a wrong move yet. We'll, we'll keep talking about this red flag conversation. Next, Miranda is going down on Che. It's broad daylight. I love, I love that most of her sex scenes are happening, like not at nighttime, but it's obviously because Che works at night. It makes I mean, that's sense. true too, but sometimes you got to get it in in the day. Like I'm someone who loves sleep. So, you know, catch me in the middle afternoon personally. Yeah. Like, cool. Yeah. But I'm going to read my book and go to bed at night. I love that, too. I love that, too. Um, then Che gets a call from BD. The network doesn't like the script, so they need to get back to work. Miranda is 
I don't care about your job. I don't care. I'm, I'm in my zone right now. So we're going to just continue. Uh, at the end, basically, Che says, I got to go to work. Um, and we once again know that Tony Danza is playing their father. Tony Danza is an Italian man and I'm I was so amused when I saw he actually appeared in this episode because the last time I saw him he was on Raising Canaan one of the power book 12s or whatever and he's playing an Italian gangster because he's an Italian man like Che is not Italian which we'll get into that. <laughs> yes it I I remember the name drop in the first episode and I should have just known I would actually see this man mm-hmm. but I was still somehow surprised when we actually see him. Um, back to Carrie at work. Uh, she gets chewed out by her boss. Like, are you trying to get this money or not? Nah? And Carrie's like, look, I have hot vegan bags on Instagram, which is so interesting. Just just going to say that. <laughs> She's like, I, I have done things that I have considered not me, which we know, like, that is kind of part of the advertising game. Uh, Carrie really should be doing, like, high upscale, like, mm-hmm. fashions that she loves. Um, so this is this little conflict where Franklin's acting like, you know what, I'll just talk to her. It'll be all good. Franklin has a lot of patience because I would have been really irritated. Like, for it's one thing if you're, like, do, and I get your brand is your brand, but this is not her personal Instagram. People depend on her and, like, ad revenue in order to eat as well. So, again, it's not like she was saying, like, I don't know, like, she was talking about endorsing a Republican candidate or some, something outrageous. Like, it was coochie products. Like, you'll be okay, sistrin. Like, please. Basically. Basically. It felt very, like, she took it way too personal. Like, I, Franklin had the patience of a saint because I was getting very irritated with her, personally. <laughs> yes, I I agree. Next, we see Lisa back at home. Um, she has flowers and cake with her little daughter. But we now know that the mother-in-law is coming to town. And we have to quickly do this hair, y'all. Herbert is finally picking up some slack. He got one side of the baby's head. She got the other. Are the braids going to actually match? I don't know. But they were looking good. They were looking good. And, um, yeah, we hear from the little baby's mouth that grandma likes proper little lady hair. And then Eunice comes. And, okay, so Lisa is in a zebra print skirt, pencil skirt, and, like, a nice, a nice, uh, print but I can't tell you what kind and this woman makes the joke that she just came from the Lion King show so okay let's back up so we see Lisa first of all as we talked about last episode Lisa has been running around like her head is cut off as as most working mothers do and, and even stay at home moms the baby has this gorgeous fro She's about eight or nine, and she has, like, a bow or maybe, like, a couple of, like, mini braids in the front, but the rest is loose and glorious. They go zooming through the front door. Herb, is his name Herbert? Is that the man name? Mm-hmm. Herbert is standing there, and he, like, like you said, Nicole, he picks up the slack. They just do two, like, plaits, like the type of plaits where your mom don't have time and puts two barrettes on the end of them. So it, it's very much like I'm in a rush hair, but I just can't imagine like Lisa and Herbert have probably been together for two decades. I cannot imagine indulging this lady like this. Like, I don't, she's going to be slick and come up out the mouth anyway, but I'm not about to like be combing a comb through my baby's hair at the last minute to try to like subdue or put on a show for this woman. And I, I don't have a mother-in-law, um, but my boyfriend's mother is very kind. Con- I just can't imagine jumping through all these. Like it's just, it seems so outlandish in my opinion. I I personally also would not go to these lengths, but I think what we see later with Lisa and Herbert's private conversation after once again talking to his mama, she does kind of align with his mom on some things. Mm-hmm. So it kind of does not surprise me anymore 
that yeah she's she's really going above and beyond even the the mother-in-law left her bag at the door and her son did not take that bag it was on her mm-hmm. to take the bag inside <laughs> and that's i think unfortunately that's a trap that a lot of women get into like trying to be perfect trying to create this perfect life and that's why you end up crashing and burning because no one can do it all mm-hmm. and i don't know it was just it was we'll get into more of what happened with that but like I thought that whole montage with the baby and I'm sure that women do this all the time was just crazy but at Mm -hmm. some point you have to put your foot down and it's like I'm not about to be like changing my baby's hairstyle because you don't you are not pleased with it it wasn't like she was taking her to tea the baby to tea or taking her somewhere they were sitting in the house having some cake and dinner you like yeah and pop a bonnet on her head because you know kids want to roll around mm-hmm. and be on the floor and do all type of stuff. You'll be all right, grandmother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Respectfully. Yes, respectfully. That's my thing. It's like a lot of people are like respect your elders. Um, yeah, but you still can have a backbone once it's yes. your family and your life. <sighs> Anyways, next. We see Lily ask for an electric keyboard. She's taking her art to a different direction, and she's songwriting. Rock at first is like, please, nah. I'm not (laughs) trying to hear this all day. And the parents, Charlotte and Harry, are just like, you figure it out. And, um, yeah, that's, that's where we leave off there. I appreciated them telling her, like, it, we have a Yamaha, whatever the grand, no, no, no. It was child. not a Yamaha. You know it wasn't a Yamaha. <laughs> well, whatever they bougie <laughs> regular piano is, they're like, sister, we have one of those. If you want to get this electric piano, get it yourself. If you want something, go out and get it. You're, she's like 16. She's old enough to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was important. I was very proud of Charlotte for doing that, actually. Same, same. Uh. Next, Naya and Andre talk on the phone about their call. He admits that something, maybe he wants something to happen with Heidi, who looks like, once again, regular regular girl at uh, Coachella. But he mostly wants things to work out with Naya. Uh, And he suggests then that they use a surrogate for a baby and Naya immediately hangs up and she should have because first of all first of all why are we calling this man by his two first names Andre Rashad she loves me off. doing that to him like please, like call him Dre or Rashad or uh, like there's three options choose one that's yeah. one two like I just couldn't believe the audacity of this MF like you talking about you want to slide into Taylor Swift but you want me to go and fetch a surrogate which is super expensive She's already said, like, oh, look, I'm not really sure about motherhood. We've tried to get pregnant. It's not working, you know, naturally. And he also is not even there. Like, he's off on tour. He didn't wait to come home to have this conversation. They're, he's not even, they're not even having good communication right now. So no. to, like, blurt this out, like, I wanted to slap him. It was so disgusting. It was so self-serving, so, like, selfish, I thought. And I would have hung up on his ass, too, so... Mm-hmm. And Agreed. what about it? Agreed. I can't believe he actually said, well, maybe I want something to happen. And last night, or in that call, you were acting like she was crazy. You literally called her crazy. And that, oh my gosh, we're not having sex for a love. It's like, but you might be thinking about it, so... Exactly. Like, also, why are you working with her in your hotel room, not the studio there for or workspaces, WeWorks, hotel yeah. lobbies. <laughs> yes, yes. No boundaries. It's ridiculous. Next, Miranda goes to an AA meeting, which honestly, I forgot about this storyline. <laughs> Miranda had some alcohol um, dependency struggles. I was so confused. I was like, why sister like in this? But I also thought, not to trivialize it, that it was because she was struggling with her sexuality and her feelings for Che and like what to do, mm. do with Steve so I didn't know that she actually I shouldn't say that she actually had a problem I just didn't I forgot about it because it seemed to taper off at the end of last season right right I don't know I I 
we kind of saw a similar storyline on Grey's Anatomy, or we heard that from a specific character, uh, Amelia Shepard. She said, you know, not Amelia, she's always been an addict, but she talked to Kate Walsh's character, and she let her know, you know, during COVID, basically I coped with drinking. Mm. And I think that might be the reality for a lot of people. And obviously we see Miranda did make huge life changes Mm -hmm. after COVID. We know that she was disillusioned with law during COVID and like left her whole career, um, which is a big deal because she built so much of her identity around that, um, that I think it might be a lingering like COVID after effect, but that's just a theory. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So she meets homegirl Allie, who has all these tattoos, says she hasn't seen virgin arms like Miranda's in a minute. And it's like, okay, girl, if you if you say so. And she offers her to kind of go and volunteer at the beach and pick up some some trash to have something to do because once again Miranda's not working no and she does need to work her steps so I thought that was like a good thing for her to do instead of pining after Shay and laying around waiting for them to get home every day yeah yeah I did kind of wonder like oh is this is this another love interest what are we doing here but Ali did name drop that she's married to a man um but you don't know you never no, know. No. So I'm keeping an eye on you, Allie. Next, uh, Seema and Carrie talk at a bar about the whole hairstylist debacle. And Carrie was like, I don't know if you're really booking it too soon, but, you know, it's something to think about. So she's questioning, Seema is questioning a little bit about her, uh, her strategy. And yeah, what did you think of this? I actually really liked Carrie's advice because I've really become the friend who tries not to tell people what I think. But Carrie's like, you know, if you think that you're someone who immediately jumps when you see the first side of something you don't like, then maybe you should adjust. And I think that was an important thing to do. Like, I don't think that Seema should like run back to this man with open arms because he did lie through omission like who in their right mind would be think it's appropriate for you to still be living with your ex-wife um so but I do think what Carrie said is sound she's like you know if you you can't keep doing the same thing and expect different results like that doesn't make sense so maybe just go back to the drawing board and make sure that you have exhausted all of your options make sure this is really something you want to do you know it's iconic to watch a sickening woman like Seema get up and march herself you know out of a room but making sure that you're leaving for the right reasons, I think, is always important, too. True. True. I still think Seema's in the right. But <laughs> I did like Carrie's advice as well. Lily records music in her bedroom. She got the new keyboard. And Charlotte is like, where did we get this? Turns out the real deal came in and picked up all of Lily's very expensive stuff. Uh, we do see the closet. It. <laughs> what did they leave? Nothing. And <laughs> one thing that they did leave, which was a nice callback to the movie, is that little cupcake purse that Lily put. Uh, whose cell phone was it? It was was it Carrie's cell phone. Carrie's cell yeah. phone in and led to that whole whole dress debacle. Had Sex in the City fans beefing with a baby. <laughs> my thing was with this so first of all I'm actually glad that she thought of this because I did thought she had stole her mom or dad's credit card like I don't know why I went to that like ridiculous um like insinuation but also like she wasn't very smart because she wears couture and I get you're 16 like you don't really know what's going on but how much could the freaking computer the the keyboard cost a a thousand dollars I don't know anything about musical instruments but it couldn't have cost, you know, a Chanel garment or more than one of them. So I just thought, like, first of all, why are you letting these people in your home? Like, let's be safe here, children. Um, second of all, a piece or two, maybe three pieces. Maybe, I don't know, talk to your mother about it. Um, so I appreciated her thinking outside the box. 
but all she have is one pair of panties and a t-shirt and that cupcake purse left. So what you gonna wear to school, ma'am? And she just, even just the thought of, okay, she sells this. She got ripped off. So bad. <laughs> like she didn't have nothing. Nothing no. in that closet. None of her fashions. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So Charlotte vents about this at a nice little lunch with Anthony and Lisa. Uh, she's most specifically upset that a Chanel dress for Lily is is just out there now. And this is like a sentimental piece, but also Lisa's like, yeah, that might have been one of like Carl Lagerfeld's like last designs. That thing, that thing is going to only appreciate and value. Um, I did notice though, Lisa orders a stronger drink Mm -hmm. and mentions that her mother-in-law is in town with her sorority sisters, which at that point I was guessing and I knew what it was gonna be I knew it too my thing is do they have to sign off on this because would you sign off on this kind of character being in your sorority did they say the sorority or did they 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 just wore the color see I think they had that issue with Insecure because uh, Molly was also an AK on Insecure and I think that she actually wore the letters Um, and I think they did did not whatever happened it was some drama with the AKs and I didn't like it. But um, they, these are also some AKs of a certain age. And, yeah. Yeah. But it could have been any of the, you know, Divine Nine sororities of I a mean, certain age. You know, they live for their respectability politics. And that's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, but <laughs> no one says anything to Lisa's comment about her mother-in-law. Charlotte just immediately goes back to her drama and I was ready for Lisa to like pop one of the girl. But no, she is so supportive of Charlotte and this dress. I want Le- I think Lisa is going to come apart at the seams. First of all, where are Lisa's black friends? Um that's first and foremost. But yeah. we I think we met last season when Charlotte and Harry went to her house. Didn't she have more like people of color there? Absolutely. I feel like you know, we need to see more of Lisa's black friends or a sister or somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but this might all lead up to her having like a mental breakdown or some type of explosion as we proceed into um into the, the season because Charlotte was very self-centered and Anthony was just kind of being Anthony and talking about like this new man he needs to hire for his bread organization. Yo, um, it's such a it's such a silly joke, but them giving him this business and being able to slip in this joke all the time of like, yeah, my one dude got hepatitis, so I'm looking for a new hot guy. It's so good. It's like a plus, a plus. Yes, Herbert tries to catch a cat. He got his daughter there and his daughter's little white friend. They're about to go to a dance uh, class, I believe. And these cats are passing by. A little girl said, this doesn't happen when I'm with my friend's family. Which is like, little girl, (laughs) what are you doing? What are you doing right now? And he's frustrated. He finally, like, one cat stopped probably for the light. He says to him, like, this is illegal, which it is. Mm -hmm. And he gets frustrated because this man is doing the classic New York, I don't see you. You do not exist. And he bangs on the hood. (laughs) Mama, grandmama comes around the corner. In her pink and green. "Mm -hmm." And one lady is like, isn't that your Herbert? And she said, no. She flat out denied her son. And she said, let's go down third Avenue. (laughs) And her little grandbaby is like, grandma. And she just kept walking. I have so many thoughts. I have so many. So first of all, I thought that, first of all, we've seen this whole scene before, and I think it was on um, This Is Us, Sterling K. Brown's character, Mm -hmm. had the same situation happen. My issue with it is Lisa and Herbert live in a luxury doorman building. This is what I thought. If you live in New York, doormen get the cabs for you. Literally their job. Or they would be some people, they're the type of people with the money they have that would A, have a driver, or at least he would have ordered an Uber Black. Like, 
there's so many other scenarios. I felt like this was very forced. Like I wish that there was another another way they could have shown how he experienced racism. And I'm not saying that like cabs aren't racist. Like that's basically why no one rides them anymore and we all use Ubers here in New York. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like it was such a it was very it's a very late storyline in that way. Yeah, they went out of their way to have this Black man um, be discriminated against Mm -hmm. when he has certain privileges. Like, let's let's face it, that's kind of the point. And it's kind of frustrating to me. Like, I'm all for talking about um, what these Black characters, like, discrimination that they would face. But knowing the tax bracket that they're in and and the lives that they lead make it in that inner circle mm-hmm. it's gonna be different <laughs> and, I wish that, yeah go ahead I'm sorry no 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 and like yeah I I kind of hate this because they don't go out of their way to make the white characters face things that they wouldn't face mm-hmm. because of the tax bracket they're in it, it would just not make any sense but I feel like they're doing that with the black characters and it's kind of like just a reminder they're black they're negroes it would have been different if he wasn't in front of his home if he had Mm -hmm. on like maybe workout gear and was by himself and not with the babies like it would have been different if he like paid a tab somewhere had taken them to tea and the wait, this ha- literally happened to me in Miami a few months ago. I paid my tab, left a restaurant, and the like host went after me and accused me of not paying. Like something like that mm. versus like you live in a, a dormant building on Park Avenue in Manhattan. There's no way that this is. And those cabbies, like, not that he would know a cabbie, but it just it didn't make sense because all he had to do was like step back and act like the doorman to hell a cab for him. Yeah. It came to that. So it just felt so forced and like someone who doesn't live in New York or know anything about that. Yeah. There was other ways for him to experience, if you want to talk about racism, which is important, there's other ways for that to happen or them to to showcase that. And then for his mama to like, I like that she ain't know him from Adam was just truly deranged. Deranged. Like, Herbert, are you okay? Do you, have fam- do you have family trauma you want to talk about? Because we could, I think Herbert needs a therapist. Yes, real that, bad. That's real wild. He, wow. Um, next, Carrie and Franklin are at home. They just, they just did the deed. And he opens his laptop to download Final Script, which this is, you don't have to download Final Script. No, script I put on a page document. <laughs> like, come on. But anyways, um, he says they should be working on this vagina commercial. Carrie's like, this is the last thing I want to do, which is so understandable. This is the point where you almost kick out Franklin out of your bed and out of your apartment. I agree. I mean, I understood. I think he should have just, like, wrote it for her or leveled her and be like, listen, you need to say this or we're all going to be out here on the street. It's essentially what he should have said to her, but he tried to pass by her. She just was like hemming and hot. Like, I was annoyed with this entire thing. Like, ma'am, talk about these coochie pills and move on with your day. Like, move on with, like, you're not talking about being like pro-life or something like outrageous that you don't believe in. It is a pill for your puss. You will be fine. Yeah. He can't write it for her because how he was already spitballing, she was not having any of it. Mm-hmm. She is a writer herself. She can write herself, which later on she does sit herself at that desk, opens that laptop. I love it. This is, I'm, I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. Like Carrie is one of those, those inspo people. Um, so it felt very nice to see that. But this was ridiculous. Yes. Then Charlotte, Harry, and Anthony hang out for dinner. Charlotte is watching the biz on this little dress or maybe just checking it out. And once again, just venting, angry. 
Rock interrupts and says, Lily has a performance for y'all. We're going to go in the next room. First of all, this gives much younger than what Lily is. Yeah, she's like 16. <laughs> she would never come out of her room. Yeah. Also, why are Rock still sharing a room? Is their apartment not big enough for them to have their own room? Maybe, Maybe honestly. Maybe it's not. Yeah, they might, they might be true. Yeah. So they they go. They hear this song. The song is about privilege, being stuck, being a good girl, and, you know, Park Avenue. And Charlotte looks heartbroken, unsure, confused. Um, she's like, these are all the things I love mm-hmm. personally, so I don't know what your problem is. And this reminded me of a really bad poem I did write during my, like, emo phase. But I called it Pedestal. And I was like, I hate that, like, my mom puts me on this pedestal and expects all these things from me. And so it felt real. I was like, Lily, I know exactly where you're at. Um, But this is wild, honey, to, to perform this in front of your parents. At your big age. I thought it was ridiculous it would have been different if Charlotte stumbled around into her room and saw her performing this or something like that or heard it um so I thought they got that all wrong like someone like a six-year-old would do this not a 16-year-old I appreciated the emo-ness like that whole like and as a firstborn daughter we're both firstborn daughters you understand that like it's stressful it's a stressful (laughs) situation to be in so I definitely felt Lily um and I was also ready for Charlotte to get a job because if she kept scrolling on that damn iPad one more time, like, ma'am, you need, where's a root Richard Burton? You need to find some, something to do. I know. Because, I know. Yes, but I understood, like, I, underst- I understood, like, her anguish and saying, like, like, you know, you don't ever want to think that your kid is in pain or you've done something wrong. And I do think Charlotte's a really good mother. Yeah. Um, so I understood, like, she was just, she was, she was a little heartbroken by it, but the way that they presented this song was like very ridiculous in Anthony's face the whole time. <laughs> gay truly, truly yeah. Anthony being the gay uncle is just yeah. saying, like girl. But that's the thing. I feel like if Anthony didn't like it or like said something like Lily, I don't know. I feel like the expectation would be just, she would crumble. She would crumble. And he still made that Billy Eilish joke right in front of her face. Wild. Um, I, and this should have led to a conversation, but Charlotte apparently just, we don't see that. We, we well, that's the no... about Charlotte. Remember season one, they caught her um, giving Harry head and she like refused to discuss it. Like she could barely deal. Yeah. Um, that's, that's her. That's very much her MO of like, oh, like I'm a, a Park Avenue princess. Like mm-hmm. we don't talk about anything. And she's gotten better. But this is definitely her jam, like where she just like bubbles her emotions down, like everything she put, and she puts on like a a pretty hat or a pretty bag, and everything is perfect. So that's how she moves through life. That's true. That's true. And yeah, it feels real um, for this kind of dynamic. But yeah, this is this is a time where you need to talk to your daughter and honestly your adopted Asian daughter about what the heck she's going through because no matter what even if it's like a good adoption um there's trauma there so yeah and they have rock and don't they have rock in therapy or they didn't go to therapy with rock when when rock came out I don't know all of them need to go down to the therapy because Harry needs to figure out why he don't have no friends agreed Agreed. <laughs> Herbert's mom dresses him down back at home and for losing his temper. She likens him to a squeegee man on the street. And then at the very end, she looks at Lisa and she said, didn't we get freed from head wraps from through the Emancipation Proclamation? And this is hun- homegirl. Is it a wig or is this silk press? Either way, you're not going to have me believe that she does not wrap her hair before going to bed. That's that's the thing. She bursts into their bedroom at night. Lisa has on a nightgown and a beautiful, like, I'm sure, like, Chanel, Louis Vuitton. Like, 
Gucci silk scarf wrapped around her head in a still beautiful way. Like, it's not the big raggedy bonnet that I pop on my head every night. And, like, it was just, it was, it felt very realistic of, like, these aunties who are very much, like, bathing in respectability politics. But it's like, ma'am, this is, respectability politics won't save you. It won't keep you alive. It won't stop racism from getting you. It won't get you a husband, a nice, none of it. And I, I need y'all to let it go and let it breathe. And it wasn't like she was coming to her son and be like, hey, like, Herbert, is everything okay? Like, I thought that you were very angry, blah, blah, blah. And I just feel like, I also, yeah. it was so strange because Lisa also, like, kind of co-signed what her yes. mother was saying. Yeah, and I, I was shocked. I, I was shocked. Like, and I, maybe it was because the babies were with him. That's why she's like, you know, you need to watch your temper in that way. But it was very strange. Like, no, it really. Oh, that was mind blowing to me that there was no. He knows he's a grown man. First mm-hmm. of all, he doesn't need to be talked to in this way. What you need to do as like the support system is just ask, like, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. How that feel? Like, there was no space for that. It was all correction of behavior mm-hmm. and, and that, she doesn't know anything that happened prior to that all she did was come around the corner it doesn't matter seeing him like you know going off a little bit and ran her ass back down park the, other way with the her message baby. we got is it never matters and she she name drops a lot of things to show where this character is coming from um her husband having to like wear a suit while being in Selma and we know that history and we respect that history but I would hope that some elders also can see that a lot of that work that was done was so the next generation would not have to you know my thing is even if you don't like I think you either have boomers who get it or don't, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. But I was that was in line with her character, with Eunice's character, to be like, get it the F together. But for Lisa to, to then sign, to then co-sign it was, this is why you're over here plaiting your baby's hair with the speed of light. Yeah. Because I would have just sat there and ate my food, and I'm about to be disrespectful, you know, to my husband's mother. But then when she left, I would have had a conversation with him. Like, hey, yeah. like, what happened? Is everything okay? Because I thought that's what she was doing at first. Because when Eunice first burst in, Lisa is minding her own, you know, stunning business. Mm-hmm. This is just sitting there, like, mm, observing. So mm-hmm. it, it just really took me for a loop and kind of expanded my thoughts about the character a little bit. Once again, we see Che on stage. And Miranda's hanging out in the back of the room, like, not even seated. I don't. I don't know what's going on. They just always have her bumbling. And like Cynthia Nixon is so good. She is so good at being awkward. So I get it. But I'm just like, girls, sit sit on down somewhere. Uh, And Che brings Tony Danza himself onto the stage. So we see him. He's in this. Uh, Afterwards, he comes out. And he gets introduced to Miranda. He he's making sure the pronouns are correct. Calls Miranda um, Chase special person, which was cute. I think all Miranda wants is to be claimed. So that that's a plus. And they make plans to go have dinner the next day. Yeah, I had no issue with the scene at all, except for Tony's like long silver life which is very shocking to see but yeah I thought this was a fine thing I was happy because I was nervous at first that he wouldn't know anything about Miranda or Che hadn't said anything about her so I was just glad that Che had been talking Miranda up and that you know her moving her life to LA hasn't totally been her just in her head or in vain yes totally Carrie and Franklin they're still working on this commercial which I'm like, we need to move out of this. Yeah, um, please. But then Miranda calls Carrie, and that's when Carrie goes into the bathroom. And I honestly did not realize how nostalgic it would make me feel that Carrie goes into the bathroom to talk to one of her girlfriends. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. we did do this a lot. And I, I liked that. That's when uh, Miranda has to hang up to talk to Tony Danza. 
after that, FEMA, she goes, pops in to the hairstylist again. She has a really bad blowout. And she's just like, look, I took that back. Take me back. And the guy was like, why are you even stressing? I say off the walls to mm-hmm. everybody. He's like, I told Honey Boo Boo to get a light belt. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> you should have gotten fired, sir. But that, like, this show painstakingly makes sure, like, everyone is, like, so much more, like, aware of things. But I also was like, this character is allowed to be problematic. And I was like, I kind of like it because it feels real. These yeah. people still exist. But I'm also like, you you should be fired. You should be fired. And she sat her butt down. She was like, good. I'm back home. I mean, I don't blame her at all because her hair looks a fool. Uh, Marina's cleaning up at the beach. I love how covered she is. Her skin is not meant for this Mm-mm. sun. But everyone also is covered. So everyone's being safe. Um, Dr. Nile calls her, she answers, and Dr. Nile is going off, y'all. She said, I am de-andering this whole place, and was going off about the call that, um, they just had, in the end, Miranda has to hang up, but I love this random character who is just staring her down, and was just like, the earth is dead, we're cleaning up its corpse. <laughs> that whole scene was so funny because Naya is literally having a wedding to excel Angela Bassett moment like trying to get this man stuff out her house and Miranda's trying to like be a present friend but also like very much not supposed to be on her electronics while cleaning the beach for AA and then you have this man talking about like Uber is a Ponzi scheme and it was just the way that he said it with no type of like inflection it killed me so, so I really, good. I really enjoyed this scene. Though I like going back to Naya and Lisa, I'm like, why, why are these white women not listening to their black friends' problems? And I get it, Miranda literally was doing something, unlike Charlotte. Yeah. But I noticed that. So yeah. I, I hope that's not a, not a consistent thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Everyone leaves the beach. Allie said she needs to run and get her kids from preschool so Miranda she's about to head out but then she realizes she lost her phone rightfully freaking out um I thought this scene was all very Miranda like she Cynthia Nixon is such like a physical actor uh so I love her going through the bags picking up a crowd and screaming uh eventually she gives up finds a surfer and is like can I have your number she knows Carrie's number I and like Carrie had to change her number in the movie I wonder if it's the same number but that's just like me just being really silly so she was like I don't know she's numbers by her I don't know my partner's number by her me neither and we've both been with our partners like over three years at this point (laughs) so I don't know his number by heart at all like I I don't even know which New York area code it is like it's real sad I only I know two people's phone numbers I used to know my mom and dad's but they're gone from this world but I know my sisters and my older cousin that's it that's good and I know know 911 oh my I know my best friend's number because we almost have the exact same phone number. Ooh. Which is so strange. Yeah. That is strange and cool. Yeah, definitely at least memorize one or two, everyone, in case you get locked up. Like that's mm-hmm. the one that's the one thing that you really need to know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but yeah, so I she calls Che. Che's like, we got dinner in an hour, which not surprising. Um, and I thought okay, let Che know you're not going to be there or you're running mm-hmm. late, but why didn't we ask this young man to just get an Uber or Che pay for mm-hmm. an Uber from where they're at to send, like, I was like, we have too much good technology, y'all. I'm definitely, like, this past winter, I was at Sundance Film Festival, I left my phone somewhere, and this guy from Walmart got me an Uber, and it was so kind of him, and I just gave him some cash, because that's what, I luckily had cash on me, yeah. Um. so yeah, she, the guy should have just given her, gotten her Uber, but it's also, 
kind of crazy because it doesn't look like she would have made the dinner anyway because she still needs to shower. She's been cleaning all day yeah. on the beach. She smells. Yeah. Um, but Che's like, oh, well, I'll just send you someone. I'll send someone over there to get you because I can't make it to you in time and get to this Tony Danza uh, dinner. Still, it's Tony Danza. Like, rush back, scrub, and, like, hit there for a drink mm-hmm. or dessert. A dessert, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, so Carrie and Charlotte, they go to the real deal. The store clerk does not care, which, why would she? She's probably she, being paid minimum First off, she's Gen Z. Like, she gives Gen Z. I love, I love the Z. I love them. Yeah. They're everything to me. Like, when I tell you that Sistrin is unbothered, She's scrolling through TikTok looking, and, and Charlotte is becoming increasingly unhinged because the girl can't, she's like, I don't know where you think this is supposed to be at. And Charlotte is like borderline Karen at this point. She basically goes Karen. Yeah. <laughs> like she, and yeah, Carrie though, meanwhile, as, as Charlotte's doing the most, Carrie sees these boots and gets so excited, and she, ask the clerk a question she's like I, I don't know and she just stops and she's like what and I was like we got our carry back I see a glimpse of her she is resuscitated she is breathing yes just getting seeing her excited about these boots and I was just like yes this is what we missed last episode with the Met Gala and why she would never this wouldn't have never happened because Sistrin is fashion yes like Please, like this. This is what Z is in. Like Z is trying to wear the fashions Carrie wore in the original Sex and the City. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to wear them too, but you know mm-hmm. I'm a little bit curvaceous. But no. Mm-mm. So yeah, yeah, Carrie basically pulls Charles aside and she's like, "Um, bring it down before you become a literal me. Yeah, let me get these shoes, and you need to let this shit go." And she tells her essentially like, maybe if that Lily doesn't reject you or hate you maybe she's just growing up mm-hmm. and charlotte like it's kind of like a light bulb moment for her also she, she realizes like lily probably can't fit the dress no way so yep but it's never about that like moms moms get so sentimental about the mm-hmm. small clothes and they try to keep it as long and then they try to say well maybe it'll be for your kids or maybe it's that they don't want to let go of that like baby they- you and yeah, but I also thought that this whole conversation was very meta about the show mm-hmm. because, yeah, Carrie says Lily has outgrown the outfit anyway, and she says that she might be fighting to save Sex in the City, which ha- I haven't seen it. I haven't seen you fighting to save Sex in the City, but okay. But she said it might not fit her anymore. So it's like, hint, hint, mm-hmm. audience, a little bit. It's like, yeah, we're going to make these changes from season one because you dragged us to hell. But just letting you know, once this again. This is not sex in the city. It's not sex in the city. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate that. And, but I also reminded me that once again, like, Charlotte needs to have a conversation with her child. If, at least to be like, hey, like, these are nice pieces before you give them away. Like, you can make sure that they're not something that we could give to someone or preserve, or you can go shopping down to TJ Maxx. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, next, Lyle picks up Miranda. I recognize this actor, but I don't know where from. Is that uh, Oliver Hudson? Is that Oliver Hudson? Kate Hudson's brother? I don't know if that was him. Yeah, that was- sure is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's why I have two degrees. Sure um, do. Wow. I I would I know he's somebody. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this character is about to be around. Um, so yeah, he picks her up, he's a mixologist and the Soho house, and he casually drops that he is still married to Che. Mm-hmm. And that's this is the person that Che sent to go and get Miranda. And it very much gave like, oh, hi, Carrie, this is my wife, Natasha, to me. Like, it gave, like, I've been saying that this is, like, Che is, is Miranda's big, and, he, like, they are. Because, first of all, why would you send your husband, like, your literal husband, because they have not been divorced, mm-hmm. to, like, I don't even know that Miranda knew that at any point Che was into men or, like, dated men or any of this. 
Um, and it was just so shocking for I just felt terrible. <laughs> it just it just like the shock on Roger's face was like, and not only am I meeting your husband that you were still married to, but which makes sense now because we, we talked about that Che is a, a bottom. Um I'm funky <laughs> as hell and I look crazy. Like that would have pissed me off so bad. Likened her scent to oyster shucking. Um, yeah, this. Okay, I'll do you. I'll do you my comparison because I actually was getting a lot of Grey's Anatomy from this episode. Mm. First of all, Franklin, when he was spitballing with Carrie about this ad, was like, "How about the JJ?" And Carrie says, "Oh, this is like not the 1990s weird phrasing." But the JJ came from Shonda mm. in Grey's Anatomy. I think that's the first time it was ever said. And then with this whole storyline, it's also giving McDreamy and his wife, Kate mm. Walsh, popping up in season one. And it's just like, hello, Meredith Grey. You've been sleeping with my husband. And it's like, what? Exactly. But that was so, so iconic. Oh, that was that's an iconic moment in time absolutely absolutely so uh we're gonna see what this little lyle is up to and and how that affects things but you know che's talking to danza at the restaurant he says i can't be mexican i'm italian i'm getting canceled almost (laughs) on social media and he said rightfully so so let me be italian and you can have, we're going to kill off the mom or scrap the mom. You're going to get a abuela. And she's like, but I'm Irish. And Mexican. I'm yeah. Irish and Mexican. Um, once again, Che is realizing that this character is becoming farther from who they are as mm-hmm. a person. And I, I actually like this storyline I appreciate it because if you have creative friends or in that space like you understand what you give up of your work to make things fit in a box in Hollywood because at the end of the day you could create something but it's really up to your producers your studio your network to give the green light they're the ones with the money with the check so you do have to decide what it is that you're going to give up in order to get your products out there in order to eat um and it's, it's kind of like an um a parallel thing to what Carrie's dealing with in a way but I that's why Carrie's sort of resistance to this JJ commercial it seems so trivial because this is literally Che's identity that Seema and Zed are on a date so because earlier I was like Seema did you actually take him back or you just lied to this man but she really took him back which is wild and then Zed immediately proposes you are in the doghouse, sir. What makes you think you can do this? But he proposes that they both invest $100,000 each into a club. And she said, Hell no. To the no, no. And that's my cue to leave. It's my cue to leave. Because what are you talking about? And she tosses back a great death stare at him as she walks out. Che goes home to Miranda, who is looking bummed out, poolside. Uh, Miranda says that she feels she doesn't know them, like the whole not knowing um, the phone number was a sign, which is like, that's dramatic. Yeah, it's no one knows. I don't, I barely know my sister's phone But <laughs> really, what sh- she should have been talking about is freaking Lyle, mm-hmm. uh, which Che kind of writes off as. We're just both lazy to divorce. I mean, my thing is, obviously, I think Miranda and Steve are still technically married. We haven't seen Steve oh. or her of any <clears throat> actual divorce. So I don't think that Miranda is, could have been mad about that. I think it's, it goes back to this, like, Che just is a very really. withholding person. Like, sorry, they very much give big energy. Like, you withhold information and it makes their partner feel crazy because it's like you didn't even like tell me. I didn't know who Lau was. It could have been your homie, your cousin. No, this is your husband. Mm-hmm. So I get why Miranda felt the way about it, but I also feel like they Carrie. I mean, Miranda's doing what Carrie used to do with Big, and it's like 
oh, I'll just take this little nugget of like, oh, we were just too lazy to go down to the whatever. If y'all both want to get divorced, that's not that hard. It's not like someone's contesting it. Um, And they obviously haven't been together in years. So it just felt like Miranda is back to taking scraps. But, and another little tidbit that I was like, Che, Che is trying to talk Miranda down. And something they say is don't, we're having fun mm. is what Shay says. Don't let this be an existential crisis as a couple. And it's like, but that's the whole problem and the issue for Miranda is, are we just having fun or are we in this together? It's giving Alexander Petrovsky and when mm. Carrie followed him to Paris and then missed her like book party and all this stuff, following him around like a wet dog. Mm. Our Carrie and Franklin go to the studio to, you know, work. Then they find out, oh, there's no more work. <laughs> Everyone has things in boxes moving around. Their boss is like, this is all on you. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Who knew one ad could take down a whole company? But okay, apparently the company got bought out. Mm-hmm. Um, when they walk out, they're definitely in Condé Nast, right? Yes, definitely. And that's it's a beautiful building. Yeah. It's, why aren't we? <laughs> I don't know why. And maybe that's where they're gonna go. Maybe. Maybe I I would assume that because obviously this podcast was never aligned to what Carrie wanted to like. She's good at the advice. I feel like she's giving really good sound advice, but this is not it. Like yeah, it's just it's not even something that she or even Franklin have. They don't have their hearts in it. Obviously, no. No, and Franklin was also like, yeah, we're cutting off the sex because I am having feelings, which, again, we're not, we didn't actually see any of that. (laughs) I don't think it gave anything but casual, like you said in the last episode, but he's telling us it is, so now he got to bounce. Which is fine, and I I really enjoyed that conversation. It was very mature, like, they embraced each other, and you can see, like, it's such a classic Sex and the City moment. Carrie is, like, walking out. She looks stunning and, like, all fuchsia, with fuchsia, like, platform stilettos, and, like, all these businessmen are, like, swarming around her. A couple of them look back as she exits, but it's, like, she needs to go on to this new chapter. Like, this was her widow chapter, and it needs to come to a close. Um, And she needs to find something else, like seeing her excited about fashion again at the real deal and and all those things like made me really, really happy. Um, And clearly, if you're fighting over coochie dispositories, like you're just not in the place that you need to be, like at all. No. Um, That's the episode. What do we have any any predictions based on what we saw that's coming up or any questions that are lingering? Um, I still think they're setting it up for Naya and Lisa to like both have some massive breakdowns. They can get rid of Andre Rashad. I'm tired of him and his double name by uh, divorce immediately. Bye. Um, go Bring and sleep with Taylor, mini Taylor Swift or whoever the fuck that you want to go with. Uh, Lisa, if this, this old lady don't get out of her house, Lisa gonna blow that thing up um because it's going to come to to a head at some point just she's dealing with a lot and mm-hmm. you can tell it's becoming very weighty on her shoulders mm-hmm. it's in terms of Miranda and Che like I don't see their relationship lasting I think they're just like you said like Miranda's in her baby gay era and Che doesn't have the emotional capacity nor do they have the like the time creating Honestly. a show to deal with this which is fair and that's why at least you know at the end of the day big toe carry don't come with you to Paris like when they broke up for the second time and that's what Che should have told Miranda so that Miranda could figure things out for herself mm-hmm. um Charlotte needs a storyline real bad or a job um, <laughs> and is that everyone yeah I'm just hopefully we get to see more of Carrie's fashion and Seema yes Sistrin you're everything about you is perfect. I live. I need I need Seema to get a new man stat because yeah. I don't care for Zed. I don't want to go through this back and forth with Zed. I'm not shipping it. Give me give me someone new. Um, Carrie, I I hope she goes back to writing or doing something in fashion mm-hmm. or like something that bridges the two. Yeah. I just it would make the most sense. Go back to Vogue, baby girl. 
Um, I still want Miranda and Shay to work, but I think this is going to be a long haul thing. I think you have convinced me that it's going to be a long haul thing. I think they're going to break up. I think Miranda's going to have another, maybe her version of Aiden. Mm-hmm. And then once Che is more established, or this show doesn't even go through, they go back to New York and yeah. like somehow reconnect. I need I need Miranda to go back to New York honestly. immediately. Okay, that is our recap of episode two. Um, you can follow me at Nikki Bernice on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. It's Nikki Bernice and then TikTok or Instagram. Uh, and most importantly, follow Black by Reality. Um, Rami Day, where can people find you? You can find me on the talk, on the gram, and on the Bluebird app at yeah. A Word with Arami Day. Period. Awesome. We hope to see you next week for the next episodes. Bye. Bye.